0: all about (laughs) timing
1: absolutely (laughs) good evening one and all welcome (laughs) along it is episode 44 in season three of the uk dallas cowboys podcast we're running a new show tonight i'm joined by mike and of course as you can see down there on the bottom of the screen we have our great friend from blogging the boys rj how are things
2: Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> it's going great. Great to be with you guys. Sorry about the delay from last week. Um, just uh, another day. Uh, you know, only like eight months left until, uh, or I don't know, seven months, six months until things get <laughs> a little bit more serious. But uh, but it's good. Good to be with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's, it's great to see that you uh, you you're dressed in your Man United finals tonight, RJ. Unfortunately, Jamie couldn't be with us after the events of Sunday.
2: You know what? Um, I'm sorry to say that Jamie supports a pretty rotten club with rotten people and rotten supporters. <laughs> um, I would have thought that that all Englishmen would have would have been, uh, you know, people and, and, you know, just generally people of high character. But, you know, what can you expect from the I mean, it's just uh, just the way it goes sometimes.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and of course, since we've last seen you, Roger, uh, I think you've had a new addition, so uh, congratulations hey. from all of us. How is is Raël doing?
2: Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, he um, he spent the first six weeks of his life in the NICU, and so that was a, a stressful time for my wife and I, just trying to get there every day uh, and, and learning to balance things, you know, through that lens and, and obviously still amid the pandemic. But he's been home now. Um, this Saturday will mark seven weeks, um, so he's almost three months old. Uh, you know, just just been um, it's just been perfect. I mean, it's it's been everything that that people talk about parenthood to be. Um, you know, in in the sense that we're not sleeping either. Um, everything is kind of a blur and chaos, um, but it's it's wonderful, and I'm I'm just so blessed um, to have my family, to have my friends like you, um, and so um so I'm a pretty lucky guy. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: And Mike, since since I since we were last on the show, I believe you've also had a new addition. So I, uh... I I seem to be the old one out in this in this
0: show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, funnily enough, me and RJ, yeah, we seem to be in sync. So yeah, she's about three months old as well. Um so one boy, one girl, shoot to the left and the right, as they say.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Very good. So do it. Tonight's show, and and this show on a Tuesday moving forward, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a bit more in-depth look at some of the prospects, um, who they are, where they would fit in, and why they would fit in with us here in the Dallas Cowboys. and We're going to look mainly at offensive line, but again, I'm outnumbered. I have two Texas A&M Aggies on the same (laughs) show as me, and... I'm going to throw the floor open to both of you because two players that are likely to be in a range at 24, Kenyon Green, Demarvey and Lille. I'll throw it over to you, gents. Uh,
0: go on. Do you want to take it, RJ? Or?
2: I mean, you know, I'm I'm still um, in the early part of, of the draft process, obviously. Um, I don't have any, any real favorites. I don't have any real like hard lines in the sand yet um, as far as my own personal preferences. And so right now, I mean, I, I can be persuaded either way. I mean, obviously, you know, Mm -hmm. Kenyon Green, um, you know, was, was wise enough to choose the highest institution of learning that the United (laughs) States has to offer. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm open and I, I'm not even certain that that's the direction I want to go at 24. I mean, obviously a lot of it depends on, on the way the board falls. We got a long way to wait, you know, come draft night, but um this this that's both a good thing and a and a disheartening thing just because you know it kind of feels it feels a little bit it doesn't have as much juice as it has in years past. Mm.
0: Yeah, I mean leal for me at twenty four would be a bit rich. Um yeah. I, I like for me I don't have him in the first round. Kenyon Green, on the other hand, is a guy that I do. Um you know <laughs> is a guy who in run blocking, um, especially in the zone blocking scheme, which, you know, is something that the Cowboys do use. Um, mm. And he's, when you go through the history of him playing, because he has played up and down the line, he seems to be better on the left than the right. And that, ironically, mm. seems to be the, the part of the Cowboys' offensive line that struggled the most. So he fits that mm. as well. Um, Five star recruit, and he's Texas born and bred. Um his high school as well. I because I, I went back to go and have a look. His high school, with him leading the way, um, in terms of that, we're averaging 496 yards per game. Yeah. That
1: so he's is literally he's impressive.
0: done it his entire career, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, if if you'd like to go a little bit deeper, and this is why we're yeah. delighted to get Mike out from behind the microphone, because Mike has actually you've done the pro scouting systems and you have done an in depth report on nearly every guy in this draft class. So I mean, why is Kenyon Green the right kind of pick at twenty four and why would he be a pick that you would take maybe over potentially a Tyler Linderbaum or, you know, a Daniel Fellele, a Zion Johnson?
0: Well, Zion John is another guy I mean, we'll talk about him as well But for me, what he's got is versatility the aggressiveness as well So versatile as we talked about But he's better on the left than right Good feet, and he gets low as well He understands the concept of lowest man wins So when you go and watch it He always, I don't know how he gets so low It's scary Especially for a guy his size I mean, he's like 6 foot 4 320 something pound So that's a big guy Um, can shuffle, can mirror quick feet, as I said, and he can anchor as well at the position, uh, which is really yeah. important. There are issues with him with his his par sets, um, which you can talk about because mm-hmm. he just seems to stop his feet from moving once he gets contact, which is a bit of an odd thing to see, especially for a guy his size. Um, yeah. but I mean, as I say, with green, it's the the scheme versatility. Um, I try and get you my, my points of notes, flexibility and strength, very versatile. And another thing, as well, is he will get into the second level, he can move back into there. But as I say, the, the biggest issue for him as I say, it's always it always falls into the same schemes of that he's putting his hands in the wrong place, more inconsistency. Um, it's hands and feet basically, is his two problems. And, you know, a lot of people will talk about his statistics, but I tend to ignore the first year. Like, Mm-mm. have a look at his next two years. And if I can try and get his stats up for the last two years. Uh, in pass blocks, um, nearly 800 pass blocks and only one sack.
1: Wow. No. That is, that, that those are great numbers. RJ, you've been watching this guy as a as an Aggies fan for the last... Three se- it's three seasons he's been with the Aggies, is it, or yeah, has he yeah, played yeah, four? Yeah, you know, so, so, I mean, what are you, what are your thoughts on Kenyon Green? Is he is he a good fit for for the scheme we're trying to play, or is there a player you would you would consider a better fit?
2: Well, so first of all, I saw Paul lurking in the comments, um, watching on YouTube. Um, <laughs> and, and in case anybody didn't know, you, you can now hear Paul um, on, on the Blog and the Voice podcast network with Meg Murray on the world scene. We we needed some some UK Cowboys blood on, on our side of the pond. And so uh, Paul did a great job in the first episode looking forward to number two on Sunday. Um, but I mean, it, it's a, it's such a, a, a weird place to be at. I mean, these are. These are questions we haven't really had to ask for a long time, um, you know, when it comes to the Cowboys. And so it's, it's different. You know, this, this team is very different than, than who they were when they, they first assembled this group, you know, and, and time has passed and, you know, it's all been a waste and, and that's a, a hard thing to kind of come to terms with. And so I think, you know, when, when you factor in it's, it's hard. I mean, last year, um, you know, when the Cowboys picking a 10, there's a really small, finite number of ways the draft can go. And so you can really, really make your peace with, okay, I'm fine with options A, B, C, or D, and it's going to be one of these. And so Kenyon Green, I think he, he fit, you know, if if the right dominoes fall, then he makes sense. And yeah. the player is a fit. I, and that's, that's the, I don't think that's a question at all. Yeah. It's it's just a matter of do things shake out that way. And And this, you know, it's harder for me at least, when the Cowboys have had picks in this range or 24 to 27 spots or whatever, it's yeah. harder to fall in love with somebody. That's why I like out of a protective sort of nature for myself, I'm protecting myself from falling in love with Kenyon Green because I think he might go to Philly. I mean, and so it's hard mm-hmm. to really, really yeah. dig yourself in. Um, but there's no question that the player is an absolute fit for what the Cowboys want to do. And, and I suppose that is the original point.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, I mean, if you look at the physical traits of the players, Mike said "But 6'4", 320. Mm. That's what you need in your modern interior offensive line players. So, one of the biggest problems we had last season, obviously, Connor Williams with penalties, but didn't have enough sand in his pants. He was barely fighting fit at 285. So, is that extra body weight going to going to be an issue for... Kenyon Green, is it going to help
0: him stand up better in the modern NFL? Yeah, because uh, yeah. I mean, you want your your inside guys to be more squatier, uh, mm-hmm. and Kenyon Green does have that, and his frame as well. I fit it because a lot of people talk about when he was playing in tackle and that he could play tackle, but he because he, he's. Short and squattier, you don't want him on the outside, you want him more on the yeah. inside. Um, because yeah, and, and definitely on the right hand side, you seem to struggle more than he did on the left. So, yeah. as we were saying, in terms of fit as well, it also doesn't just fit what the Cowboys um, do, it fits what they need as well, which is the left hand yeah. side of the line where they were struggling well, center and left or, or center and left guard specifically. Yeah. And center is the only position really Ken Green never played, yeah.
1: I think I think the, I think the guys on on um, the draft show. I think it was either last Tuesday or last Thursday. They found out he had taken one offensive snap under center. So <laughs> he 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 has played all five, but as we say, one at center. But one, oh yeah, no,
0: one he at, did, he did as well. Yeah, in two thousand and twenty. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once I think I think it was against Bama of all teams. Which I'll which try. which was frightening.
0: Oh, yeah, I'll but, try and find that out now.
1: Yeah, but I mean, RJ is is three hundred and twenty pounds, six foot three. As Mike said, squat. Is that what you're looking for in an interior offensive lineman?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't think it's you know it it'd prohibit you from being interested. I mean, I don't I don't think it's a red flag by any means. I mean, it's yeah. it's you know. I, again, I think the player's talented enough. I, I think if if we start to fall uh, into these particulars and start to you know have these these measurable limits, mm. that's how that's how you end up with Taco Charlton over TJ Watt. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate yeah. to say, yeah. um, but but it's true. I mean, and yeah, so I, I is. I, I'm I'm not a scout by any means, but I mean, it's it's like the great scouts often say, and that you just you scout the player, you trust who the player is on tape, and and yeah. Green is really reliable in that sense.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's a very good point. One of the biggest questions, and no one seems to be able to get to the bottom of this, is obviously Connor Williams will get paid somewhere else in this off season. It's unlikely he comes back to the Dallas Cowboys. And over the last two seasons, there seems to have been a reluctance to move Lyle Collins back into left guard. Everyone in Cowboys Nation seems to want it. Why is there a reluctance to do it? Is it is it a case if they don't want to admit the wrong or
0: basically. That's what I I would put it down to.
2: I I mean, I don't know. I've I've been really wounded by the Cowboys this this you know, (laughs) entering this offseason and so like I will admit that I'm a little bit more jaded than usual. I, I i think that you know and i feel like anytime i talk to you guys like there's a natural jadedness to like you know england i don't know what it is like it's just it's darker all the time it's heavier so like i, I feel like i have to be uh, a little bit of, of a of a you know deeper thinker when i talk to you guys um but i i don't know that he'll be even good i like i don't like this is one of those things that like i don't think it's just this ma- like if it truly were this magic poof of a fix i I'm i'm not like Again, you run into like comments that are like, "Oh, you know, you you're not in the building every day. Trust the coaches. The coaches know what they're doing." But I real, I mean, I don't think they're incompetent enough. I think they are to some degree, but I don't think they're incompetent <laughs> enough to where if if this if they were staring this magic solution in the face to where they would just poo poo it. I just can't see that for 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 any yeah. you know for for my money. And so. You know, you mentioned Connor Williams. It would have made sense to kick him out to tackle. I mean, you know, like if, if you were gonna if you were gonna do that, you should have done that then. And so, I think it's a a combination of not wanting to admit that, but more than anything, he might not be that. It's been a long time. I mean, you know, people people act like it was just last year that he was playing left guard. It's been a very long time, and yeah. I am not a Connor Williams fan by any stretch. And he made the decision to go to the worst institution of higher learning, <laughs> <laughs> but. But I do think that you know we're we're sitting here. A lot of people talking about obviously Michael Gallup and Randy Gregory and Dalton Schultz and Jaron Curse, and I love Jaron Curse. But I do think we are somewhat uh, like overlooking Connor Williams's importance to the team. And and I think so many people are so willing to cast him aside, good riddance, whatever. All the penalties, I get all that. But he has been valued. Like he's. He's if he's your worst offensive lineman, I think you're doing all right for yourself. And I know that yeah. that isn't what people want to hear, but um I mean, I just I would kind of rather have him at left guard and keep Lyle Collins at right tackle personally. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's the old sentiment, and it? if it's not broken, don't fix it. And I know some people say, "Yeah, well, it is broken," but you know, Collins is doing his job out there. Albeit, you can argue about inconsistencies, but last year. The line was inconsistent. We even spoke mm-hmm. about um, Tyler Biadish, and people are saying, you know, there is a guy that needs to go. That game against San Francisco, the last game of the season, and I mm-hmm. hate to bring that up, Tyler Biadish was actually, in fact, statistically the best offensive lineman in that game. Mm-hmm. And um, Zach Martin was one of the worst. Yeah. So it, it was a problem up and down that line. Me personally, I think the easiest way to fix the offensive line. I Don't know what you reckon, RJ. I think the the best way to fix the offensive line is get an offensive line coach that knows what he's doing.
2: Um I mean, I think the best way to fix it is to get some consistency. I mean, yeah. whether whether you're a fan of Connor Williams or Lyle Collins or, you know, Terrence Steele or Connor McGovern you know, pick a lane, stay in the lane. I mean, the Thanksgiving day game was, was kind of obviously the the most flagrant example of, of indecisiveness. And that, that just, you know, that, Mm -hmm. that's tough to explain. I mean, that, that's tough to, there's so many things the staff did over the second half of the season that are tough to justify. And that's one of them. And so, I mean, I, I just, I can't, I can't understand why they did that. I can't understand a lot of what they're doing and they seem to have fallen out of favor with, with Connor Williams. But that's other, like the other thing is that people harp on the penalties for Connor Williams and that's fine. But I would argue that Lyle has let the team down way more than, mm-hmm. than Connor Williams. I mean, yeah. Connor had the penalties and that's really, you see that, you know, in games, but Lyle left himself unavailable to his team twice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in back to back years. And so that's, that's harder, I think to square than it is Connor Williams. And I think because Connor or, or excuse me, Lyle was this kind of like bonus player that the Cowboys landed six years, seven years ago. Um, it just you know p- people people don't hold him to the same standard. I, I forgot who said this. Somebody said this on a podcast, and and I'm I, I hate that I'm forgetting who. But if Lyle Collins was truly taken in the first round, the the way he was projected to be, obviously, mm. I people would. I don't know that he people view him the way he does. I mean, you know, it it was tragic the way he he obviously fell out of the draft, but. If he's a first-round pick, I think he's viewed as a bust. He's viewed as somebody who's not living up to potential. But things yeah. are a little bit different because of the path that he ultimately went down.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you there. That that does yeah. hold a lot of weight with the fans on where you get taken. Agree.
1: Yeah, like I mean, I, I I'll admit I've never thought of it in those ways, but it may it does make an awful lot of sense in this, yeah, undrafted free agent, but. And as you say, if he was drafted in the first round, we would be saying things an awful lot different. Considering the abuse that we have thrown at a second round pick in Connor Williams, who I think very rarely missed a game in his four seasons with the Cowboys. Basically, last year, he was the only constant on, or not last year, but say 2020, he was the only constant yeah. on the O-line that we had. You know, if you compare the two players like that, you're kind of going, yeah, I I definitely see RJ's point in terms of, you know, you can throw around he's a first round talent, but he's not playing like a first round talent. Yeah, but mo- moving along, and as we said, we we're we're going to take a look at, in depth at some of the other o line guys around um, it, that might that might fall available to us. So, Mike, I know you had two guys that you were interested in taking. So, if you wanna, if you wanna start, with one of them.
0: So, do you want should we stick with versatility and go with Zion Johnson then? Yeah, go for us. There's a guy who literally has played all the positions. You know, we said about with um, uh, with Green playing that one snap at centre, although Zion Johnson statistically doesn't. If you go and watch him in the senior bowl, they had him playing centre and taking snaps, and he even stayed on late. After all after all the guys are finishing on him, there's Zion Johnson still sitting there throwing balls between his legs into trash cans because he's Mm practising snapping the ball because he's trying to do as much as he can. And I I think that Zion Johnson is more of a better fit for the Cowboys than Kenyon Green. And it's Boston College at the end of the day. And Boston College, as you know, RJ, I mean, they churn out offensive linemen uh, like they're going out of business over there. But he's a guy, he transferred from Davidson, Goes over, you know, to Boston College and each year it's got progressively better. You can go through it statistically. And he's one of those guys that you just go across the board with him and everything is always above average. You go, just stand run blocking, gap power, zone blocking, all of it. You just go, it's above average, it's above average, it's above average. Like, that's the type of guy, because then you can build on something from that. And I, I, I think that... The guy, it's just because he has the consistency as well. And I'll try and find his stats because it was something that I perked up on and I was like, holy Jesus. Uh, yeah, he, so here we go. Um, a thousand, just over a thousand pass pass blocks and three sacks. Tie in with that as well. In his last year, he only had two quarterback pressures and that's on 360 passing block snaps. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's got it. He, I think he's... He's a day-one starting guard, especially on the left again. Um, yeah. he, he primarily only played on the left whenever he did play. Um, he's never played on the right. So, again, fills not just what the Cowboys are trying to do in terms of the rule line, but he also fits, again, a need, which is what... He, and, and the good thing is, is if you do decide that you want to move Lyle Collins or you've got issues, other you know, let's go down the road of what you want to do with Taron Steele, Lyle Collins and Tyron Smith... If you have an issue, you can move Zion if you need to. You you can kick him out because he can do it. Uh, yeah. The guy's just he's just built, uh, you know. He's a massive guy.
1: Yeah. So, RJ, if I throw it over to you, is, is Zion Johnson a, a a guy you're interested in as a starting, say, left guard for this season? Yeah,
2: I I think that you know Mike really covered. I think how how high of a floor he has. And that's, that's kind of my takeaway. And that's like, at this point, that's what you're doing. I mean, you're, and I I also, I mean, I'm, it's hard to bring in, you know, the Cowboys have been really fortunate to do it several times over, but it's hard to bring in a rookie offensive lineman to start. And, mm-hmm. and again, kind of going back to the Connor point of like, I think we overlook how difficult that is because Connor handled it fairly well. And so if you're going to entrust that, that position, to To a rookie in a season that is pretty do or die pretty make or break i I mean I think you'd, it's harder to come up with, with again with a higher floor with a higher level of consistency uh it's harder harder to put your eggs in a basket that is is potentially going to yield as again as high of a floor as Island can, and so that's that's a safe pick and that's that's what this is gonna be. This is gonna be a safe chalk boring, you know, mundane, <laughs> what what can help the Cowboys the most from day one pick? And and he he qualifies for all those things. Very good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, the only thing I will say, the difference between Kenyon and Zion is Kenyon Green does have quite a good reach, where Zion is not that type of guy. He's not as aggressive in that sense. He's more of a finesse-type blocker, where Kenyon Green, he's going to get into your face. He's going to get in your grill and get in close. And just shuffle you around where Zion is a bit more so because he doesn't have the reach and he's a little bit shorter than um, Kenning Green as well. So that, and sometimes when you see him lose, it's because he's this finesse blocker and he he loses leverage that way. Um, But there's just, you know, bear in mind this is at a college level, once they get into the NFL level, things like putting on bulk, putting on weight, putting on strength, they're all things you can build on and work on quite easily. Mm -hmm. If the technique's there, that's the main thing. And that's what... You know, like, we could talk about the offensive lineman in the first round, but the first round, really, and I said it on the first draft show we did, I just want a good player. I don't care where he... All right, don't draft a quarterback or kicker just because they're good or a long snapper. But if they're a good player... (laughs) <laughs> he, he, no, I don't want a running back either There's no first round, there's no first round running backs For me anyway I don't think there's a second one either <laughs> <laughs> plenty, no, no, I've got plenty of seconds I just haven't got any firsts um, But you know, like, just give me a good player And like Kenny Green, Zion Johnson They fall into that bracket, they are a yeah. good player They are a guy that you can put in straight away And play them
1: Yeah <laughs> So The next guy that you are going to talk about, I believe, is Trevor Penning from oh, yeah. who is Northern Iowa.
0: Yeah, not <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. FCS, yeah, Northern Iowa. There we uh, go.
1: So, 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 take it away on on Trevor Penning.
0: So, uh, what was funny is because, like, I, obviously I don't watch much FCS, but I think I was actually speaking to Bright, and I was just like going through it, and I was just like, "Who is this Trevor Penning guy?" And I, all of a sudden, I just I thought, no, "I need to go and watch this." And you just watch it, and the guy, so at the FCS level what you want to see is like as i've said to you before is i, I when when you're there and you you're looking at these top tier prospects if he's like a dad playing with boys in the park you know like his kids at the, the you know the over <laughs> the, <laughs> like he the, the dad the, the over competitive dad playing with his kids and he's you know knocking the the ball out of the park all the time and running bases That's what you want to see. You want to see the guy that just looks completely out of place in that level and just dominating all the time. And Trevor Penny does. He throws guys around in the FCS like an empty track suit. He literally does. Um, And, you know, he's um, first team uh, in the all uh, first team all Missouri Valley. So, you know, he dominated in in his actual Mm -hmm. conference. And, And He's got this massive bang- He's a huge guy. He's massive. Hold on. If I try and get it up, the guy is he's six foot seven, 328 pounds. He's a yeah. big guy. So he does anchor really well. And what's ironic is he's this massively aggressive guy. And I like this when I heard something about him is that he plays too aggressive. And yeah. that I don't mind because I'd rather, as a coach, be telling my player to calm down. Than trying to get my player to play more, you know, it's easier for them mm-hmm. to be high and come down than it is to be low and come up. If that makes sense. Yeah,
1: yeah, it 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 does. But Orji, if I tr- if I throw it over to you in terms of Trevor Penning, is is this a guy that you've looked at yet, or have you any initial thoughts on him?
2: you know, I haven't personally, we do have our talk in the draft show that comes out actually tomorrow on Wednesdays uh, on the blog of the boys podcast network. I know Connor and Mark, um, already deep in their research. And so I do kind of rely on them to lead me so I can pretend to know what I'm talking about. But (laughs) I mean, but that, like, I, I agree with like, in a general sense that, you know, that prism, that archetype, like that's, that's what you want that you're, you know, you're in some ways drafting for qualities and drafting for traits. And like, if the yeah. quality and trait you can find is the, the biggest monster in the world, like that's that's what you're going for. I mean, that was that was a high point to Tyron, you know, 11 mm. years ago now. I mean, he was just, he, he was very different uh, from everybody around him, which was remarkable given his age at the time. And so, I mean, and, and that's, you know, that's it is going to be boring. I mean, like the offensive line, I mean, I applaud Mike. It's not a position that's easy to get this excited about
0: because you are
2: just looking for these specific qualities. Um, yeah. But that's that's just kind of the the Cowboys are in right now. Is They need help at the most boring possible places.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, he is, he, honestly, he, he, when you watch it, and he, he's already got technique down. So you say traits. So you're looking at the kick slide, and he's showing you the kick slide, and he's able to do it. He's able to anchor. And I, I, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, And we'll know more when the combine comes out. I'm pretty certain his arm length is about 30, I think it's 35 inch. Um, So he's got a a really, really long reach and he could do it. And he's just this massive bully. And and it's almost a detriment that when people say, well, what's his weaknesses? Is that he's just so big that the faster um, defensive pass rushers, um, which you see against, he played against Iowa State and had just a stinker of a game. But it was because yes. obviously Iowa State's style of play and that moving the slanting defensive line that um when they're coming across him and they, they they're able to to break inside he's not there quick enough because he's just you imagine he's just, just this massive you know being that's there that it just isn't quick enough to react to the faster people you know the old David and Goliath sort of situation, but you do see that with him, but you know if you want him on that gap power on the outside. He's he's your man. He's ideal for it, and like I honestly, I think if he goes to the right team, I'm not sure if the Cowboys are the right team because, like, like here's my problem with taking a tackle. I don't know what you reckon on this, RJ. Do like the trouble you got with Tyron Smith is not that he's a bad left tackle. Like he is, like if you say is he in the top 32 of the best left tackles in the NFL, the answer is yes. So then you go, is he in the top 10? The answer is yes. Is he in the top five? The answer is yes, still. So you've got a top five left tackle that you're playing. The only drawback is that he's a top five left tackle in the NFL for half a season. And that's the issue. But, like, do I really want to spend a first-round draft off the basis that – because there's the possibility that you draft a guy like Trevor Penn in the first round of the 24th pick, and he spends his first season on the bench –
2: I mean, this is this is the Rashawn Slater conversation we had here, exactly. right? I mean, yeah. and so I mean, and and like I don't know. I mean, is Tyron a top thirty-two, top ten tackle? Certainly, is he a top five tackle? I mean, like we're starting to see his game also regress. Like in addition to yeah. you know, and believe me, I'm not going to sit here and say that Tyron isn't talented, but you know, like at a certain at, at one point, you know, it was. Prior to 2020, it was, okay, you know what? Tyron's going to have to miss three games a year. That's totally worth it. I'll totally yeah. take that, you know? And the problem with it is like, if, if you knew what half of the season it was, you could adjust, you could plan, but you have no idea. It's not exactly. even like, it's, it's, it's not one half and one half. It's two games and three games and three games and one game. And it's so impossible to, you know, establish any consistency, let alone the fact that the Cowboys are also messing with it themselves. And so, yeah, at a certain point, you just have to move on. I mean, and I, I don't know if, if it's right now. I mean, it, that's that's a really difficult, um, you know, line to cross because its is it worth not having the headache? And it's its not Tyron's fault. I mean, it's his health. Um, yeah. But is it, is, it, is it worth not having the headache? Yeah, on, on one hand. But is it worth the downgrade? I don't know. Like, my point is, like, his regression in talent is starting to meet the point where I'd rather have a lesser player and know I have that player 100% of the time, if it's mm-hmm. Terrence Dill or whatever, um, then deal with this. I mean, it is, you know, I, I feel for Dak, I feel for Zeke, I feel for everybody. but I feel for Tyron because it's it's really, really difficult. And so I don't know, and that's that's such, there's so many hard decisions they have to make this year because you're right, that's a hard decision in general. Do we burn this yeah. first-round pick on somebody who's not going to play at all this year? Do you do that in a year, if you're Mike McCarthy, where you have right. to have success? I mean, you you have to. And so, because if you're Mike McCarthy, who cares what, what happens to Tyron Smith in 2023? Exactly. If, you're, if you're not around, like, it's not going to affect you. Um, so in that sense, I could see them steering away from this and just hoping and praying that Tyron can survive.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and that was going to be my next point, is that obviously Mike McCarthy, we know he's in the hot seat. So, like, yeah, at the moment, does he want to, he, he's not really looking at, mm, do we take this draft pick? And then it might be a case that I'll have him next year because Mike McCarthy might not even be in that seat next year and if you hear the rumors <laughs> you know um he's already kind of out the door and not out the door but you know he's made all those comments about it being like Hunger Games and all the rest of it so there's something <laughs> behind the scenes going on there for sure do you know what i mean so and that's why i just like cuz like like we going back to the Trevor Penning thing that I, if there's a guy on the offensive line, that I think will um, do the most on the bench press, it'll be Trevor Penning. Uh, I, I'm telling mm-hmm. you. But um, but like create create an
2: off season where where they cut Amari, where Gallup I, leaves. Yeah, yeah. And, and so so Trevor's there, but one mm-hmm. of the Ohio State receivers is there. I mean, like, yeah. and you're Mike, you're Mike McCarthy. I mean, exactly. what are do you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. tre- Trevor, yeah. Trevor might be awesome, but like it's at a certain kenyan greens there too but you you are focused on right now if that's yep. the case and that's where i mean you you, you lay that out i mean there's hunger games nobody is on the same timeline and so mm-hmm. they they have it's it's yeah. impossible to, and that's that's why i am kind of jaded it's impossible to have success in that environment yeah
0: and yeah. We, the other thing as well when we're talking about the line is i'm looking at um, players, because we don't know in terms of development. I think Terrence Steele will develop again, but nobody's talking about the other guys that we still got: Matt Farnia, Josh Ball. Yeah. Albeit we haven't seen them, but how are they developed? And only these guys know. So, like we're yeah. talking about, we need offensive line. We have offensive line, we just as us outside the building, they're the question marks. So that's why we're saying yeah. this. And then I just think with those question marks, do you really want to go out? And as RJ says, like. You know, you're talking about wide receiver. Look at the linebacker core. The linebacker core consists of two guys.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and one of those guys you're counting on <laughs> rebounding, you know, from a serious injury in Jabril yeah. Cox. Yeah. And so, actually, sh- you know, this was something I asked him the other day. What what part, like, what can you say as a Cowboys fan, you are 100 percent confident in? Because I I can I can think of one thing. What what can you say that you are you would bet your house? You would you would bet your life savings on what? Main, like I'm interested in your list if it's longer than one
1: thing. Doc, no. that's not my one thing. Right? No? I, I I I can't say any one thing because if you if you look at last season, Micah Parsons' sophomore slump could possibly happen. Is Trayvon Diggs going to get another 11 interceptions? I don't know
2: my one thing is micah to be to be very clear like yeah. that's the that's the one thing yeah. if i have to bet on one thing being a hall mm. of famer or having success whatever it's micah it, i think it's fair to regress on deck i mean i'm I'm with, like mike i would love to be able to sit here and say that <laughs> I, I would love that more than anything but i can't i, I can't i mean yeah. like I get he, was aw- he, he was awful and so i mean when, when you have that situation like it's very possible in two years' time, this roster looks completely different. I mean, like – and I mm. mean completely different. It's just at that phase.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I, and I get what you're saying. The only issue I have with, with the Micah Parsons thing is that because you've got – there's talk about uh, Marcus Lawrence being out the door, being a casualty. Yeah. Randy Gregory is quite expensive, but you're going to get a home – time discount how far that stretches for the cap for the Cowboys is yet to be seen. We don't know yet. Yeah, so there's defensive end already a problem. Linebackers already a problem. So, Micah Parsons, where are you putting him? Because obviously, this year he had all the pieces in place to be able to roam freely and be that defensive nuisance, which is what he was mm-hmm. the defensive playmaker. And if you try and say this is what we're going to do with Micah Parsons, we're either going to put him as a pass rusher or we're going to try and play him. As a will linebacker for argument sake,s then all of a sudden you just take away what makes Micah Parsons special. What makes him special is being that odd piece that you move around. Where they're going, is he in coverage? Is he blitzing? Who's the man that's going to pick him up? We just don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I would love to play Micah at edge all the time. I don't I don't know anybody who who like strongly disagrees with that, um, <laughs> but. What I don't want for him is is to get Byron Jones. I mean, like pick yes. pick one. Pick, you got to pick one right now, and that's it. Like we we don't need any of this. You know, back and forth. I realize he's supremely talented and he mm-hmm. can float, but give give him do don't do him that disservice to, to where you're moving him around constantly. You have to pick one. And you have to pick one to, to build the rest of your team. Like if, if you're gonna not resign Randy Gregory or if you're gonna cut DeMarcus Lawrence, it better be because that's where Michael Parsons is playing all the time. If you're gonna bring them both back, then okay, you have some freedom, but that's just that's the difficult spot they're
1: in.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And I mean, like, look, let's let us let us have a a chat about this because it is something that seems to be out there in the ether, is that there is a potential that Amari Cooper is traded or cut that Demarcus Lawrence's trade or cut? You know, we might not re-sign Randy Gregory because the cap is, you know, it's 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 not in great place right now. So, yeah. I mean, do any or all of these things happen?
2: I'm in, I'm inclined to believe. this is my own personal opinion guess. I think they probably cut Amari and Demarcus Lawrence because mm-hmm. I think that they are. And by they, I mean, friend of UK Cowboy, Stephen Jones. Um, <laughs> I, I think Stephen is, and I want to be clear, I don't think I could do this job. Like, I, I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm not even qualified to do my job. But, you know, I, I think he's in over his head. I, I think he, he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And when you think that, you are in a bad spot. I mean, you know, as an example, we had uh, Tom Ra wrote about this other last week. When Stephen Jones sat down to negotiate with Demarcus Lawrence, he lost. DeMar- Demarcus mm-hmm. Lawrence played on the tag and then won mm-hmm. and got paid. And the injury. He, and the injury. When he sat down yeah. to negotiate with Zeke Elliott, he lost. And, mm-hmm. and he didn't just lose. He lost to a running back. And no offense to Zeke, but, like, <laughs> literally the most embarrassing loss you can take. And then he yeah, sat down yeah. to negotiate with Dak, and he lost big time. All, all these, you know, like he is 0 for 3 on his last, you know, three uh-huh. events to try to win here. And he, he wants to sit here and educate us and talk about, well, the cap's a real thing. You know what, Stephen, if you were better at this, you would have gotten the deck deal done two years ago. He would not be on the books for $40 million a year. Like if you had some, some forward thinking, some projecting going on, you would be able to massage this in earlier years, but that's not the issue here. And so I'm, it's my opinion that he believes they are in some quicksand. They need to flip some triggers. They need to create some space. Amari did not have a great season last year, and so I think that they believe that their guy CD, who they drafted, can elevate himself to the next level, and that very well may be possible. But CD was also a disappointment this past year, which hurts me to say, and that would be really uh-huh. irresponsible yeah. and really reckless. And uh-huh. similar, you know, to other players in the past, they might view Micah as their Superman. And, they, you know, they'll say, you know, what, we'll cut Demarcus Lawrence. Michael will do everything. Michael will take care of it. Michael will this.
0: <laughs>
1: Michael
2: will that. And then guess what happens? Michael is one man and, and can't do it all. Um, and that's
0: what I would – that was the part I was trying to make. Yeah, yeah. The, the similar thing. That, that's what I don't want to happen with him in that sense. Totally with you. Yeah. But I don't think Cooper goes, though. I disagree with you on the Amari Cooper part. Only because when you look that Gallup's only just had – let's assume that they do sign him back. And he's back, mm-hmm. even still, he's not come he's not gonna be ready rehab wise August, which means game fit ready, he's not gonna be ready till should we say argument sakes October. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means you start the season. If you cut Amari Cooper to make him a cap cash, then that means that you've got as you are starting wide receiver core as it stands right now, because Cedric Wilson's are off the books as well. So that I know, means right? you've got and Noah Brown, he's gone as well. So there's there's just a bigger guy and your special teams as well. So that means that you've got C.D. Lamb, Simi Vahoko, and TJ Vash is your starting three wide receivers. Yeah. And that I is mean, without Dalton Schultz as well.
2: But they did that four years ago when they cut Dez. I mean, they went at I it with, you know. with, with with Alan Hearns and Deontay yeah, yeah. Thompson and wide receiver Tavon Austin. By yeah. And mm. so – I mean, I, I could see a world where they get Gallup back on a one-year deal mm-hmm. um, so Gallup can hit the market again next year. They get Cedric back, and then they feel confident in those three. I mean, I, you know, Michael Gelkin had a great write-up today in the Dallas Morning News. They have purposefully avoided Avari's deal as far as restructures and as far as playing with it. That mm-hmm. is the one deal. They have touched everybody else's they have very 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 specifically kept this fail safe available to themselves Mm. this particular off season and so on the one hand you know if they decided two years ago when they signed him we're going to cut him in 2022 on the one hand i in that sense if they if that were the case i would say then do it then cut him i'm a big fan of saying of making a decision before you're emotionally compromised and so in that sense i would say okay you had a plan it's been two years in the making then cut him stick to the plan but obviously enact the other parts of the plan. Um, I, I mean, I recognize that, that cutting Amari seems, you know, foolish in, in a lot of ways. But mm-hmm. I, think that, I think that cutting DeMarcus Lawrence is arguably the, the bigger error. I think he is so underappreciated and undervalued and, and disrespected by a lot of Cowboys fans. And I think his, his presence is so valuable, especially if they don't sign Randy Gregory. And so if you have to cut one, I'd say cut Amari, especially because you've kind of been building towards this, because I yeah. trust I trust Micah on the defensive side of the ball to fill, you know, the void. You know, I, I think he can do it, but I, I think I, I, the point I'm trying to make is I think offensively you can make up for Amari a lot easier than you can on defense, even with Micah Parsons.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I just worry with CD Lamb on his own, because, like, like, if you had said C, what CD Lamb did in training camp last year, and I – carried through into the season then I'm going oh, okay you've got a, 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 a you know an emerging wide receiver one year. but it seemed to be he peaked at training camp and then he disappeared
2: i mean that's that's kind of the cowboy way i hate to say it i mean yeah i mean we we sat here and and we crowned cd i mean we crowned him before he he took the field a year two years ago um mm-hmm. and You know, I've thought about this, The you know, so much broke, you know, as, as when Dak threw that touchdown to him in New England, it was like, it was like Cinderella's like, like life.
0: Like, like, you know what I mean? Like,
2: like everything transformed in that moment. Dak, you know, regressed, CD regressed, the team regressed, the calf injury, on and on and on. Um, It's disappointing. I mean, it's, you know, a year ago. If if anybody argued with any of us and said, well, Justin Jefferson is better than CeeDee Lamb, we'd say that's stupid, that's crazy. CeeDee didn't even have DAC for a whole year. How can you say that? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. There's no question. There's there's no – Justin Jefferson is so much better than CeeDee Lamb. And that sucks to admit. Um, but it's just – it's kind mm-hmm. of where they are right now.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So – in terms of the guys that I, that I picked out for the offensive line, and I kind of cheated, I talked to Mike about this at the weekend. and <laughs> um, this, was, this was something our other great friend of the show, Brian Broadus, brought up. If I could interest you in trading a Mari Cooper, and you ended up getting a top 10 pick from the New York Jets, and you were then able to draft Charles Cross from Mississippi State, how would you feel then?
2: Do I have to spend that pick there? Or can I, can I just have a top
1: 10 pick? I mean, You can have a top 10 pick.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll trade Amari. I mean, I, at that point, I'll do it. I mean, because at that point, the return on your investment is bigger. I mean, you know, you yeah. gave up, what was it, the 27th overall pick uh, that became Jonathan Abram? I mean, so, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. your return on investment is is greater at that point. And, I mean, his... The, the, his days are numbered. I mean, in Dallas, like he's, he's not going to be here for a decade or something like that. So, you know, it sucks. I mean, somebody who has an Amari Cooper Jersey, it really sucks. Um, but I, I mean, do. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, <laughs> so I, I would do that. I'm, I would, I mean, a year ago, yeah. it's funny. You bring up the jets. Remember, you know, it was longer than a year ago, but you know, it was all the, would you trade Michael Gallup for Jamal Adams, you know, conversation, yeah. whatever. So, <laughs>
0: It would be mm. funny
2: if, if that's ultimately where Amari wound up.
0: No, yeah. And and Charles Cross does fit the scheme. You know, like Cowboys, the, the Cowboys way seems to be those quicker, athletic, offensive linemen, you know? Yeah. Um, we always seem to be that's what we look for, and Charles Cross fits that, especially uh, and you know, Mississippi State, SEC with the Aggies see that all the time with them, and they they play. As well in the Mississippi State They play that um, wide line So they like mm-hmm. to have their, their their offensive tackles Playing out wide So that means they've got to be shorter, quicker and faster So um, that is exactly what you get With Charles Cross He's very quick in his movement skills Very quick getting out there um, yeah. You know <laughs> He is a, a lot lighter Than the other tackles that you get um, mm. Fits the height sa- Side of it all um It's more the run power running game But the Cowboys seem to be Doing, I think they I'm trying to remember statistically how much they use But they did use their zone blocking scheme More than they used gap power, which sounds a bit weird yeah. When you think about how Zeke was running Um, But With Charles Cross it does fit But the only issue that you've got Is we're right back to the argument we had before That Charles Cross is literally Exclusively a left tackle That is all he is <laughs>
1: So I, my reasoning, and again, it ties in with what Brian was Brian, Brian Broadus was talking about. Was yeah. I'm going to flip him? I'm going to play him on the right side, and I'm going to bring Lyell back inside.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah,
1: my reasoning for drafting Charles Cross is that he's six point six foot seven, I believe. He's three hundred and five pounds and we do not have a competent player that can play left tackle when Tyrone goes down because going back to Orj, what you said is you know Tyrone is going to miss three to five to eight games and what you can then do is when Tyrone is out you play uh, Charles Cross at left tackle and you bring Terrence Steele in Terenceal has played almost exclusively right tackle for us. So you're not having to do the three-card shuffle or five-card shuffle. The cross will play right tackle. You get used to playing in NFL. When Tyrone is down, he can play, and, Ty- and Lyell is your left guard. Can I interest you, or is there too much in that?
2: It's a lot, um I mean like but like that's where they're at, you know, like they, they like yeah. you have to you have to consider all possibilities, um I'm not down with that personally, um mm-hmm. and that's like that's where like I come back to like I know this is a different point, but like I come back to like just move on from time, just just move on because if you have to have all these like you know contingencies yeah i mean you're you're only hurting yourself, i mean yeah. and and that sounds so stupid, but I mean it, it's just a reality and so I mean, it's look. There are worse plans. I mean, it's a good plan. It's just it speaks to the state that the team is currently.
0: In. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and also going back to the Charles Cross situation is another big problem with him. Is that he literally because of the way Mississippi State play, he literally has never had to do any run blocking. Literally, hardly yeah. any. I, in fact, I, I can go. I'll, I'll check while we're talking now. Um, yeah, how many I mean, run blocking snaps? Like he, he, in 2019, he played 11 run blocking snaps. That's how little they play. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I mean that's probably gone less in the last season with with uh, Mike Leach's air raid system.
0: Yeah, his, his air raid system exactly. Yeah, you and, know, and as I say, they, they play the wide line where they like to push the tackles out wide because that's the the, the the scheme as well. So it's all about that movement and quick movement. And as you say with the air raid that's what you want
1: yeah sorry i just had to block someone there (laughs) um but i mean in in terms of saying let's just talk about charles cross just for a second and as we said the air raid system i mean this offense seems to be moving towards more of a west coast air raid system Kellen Moore doesn't seem to place much reliance in in the run game, in that power Mm. game. Mike Mm. McCarthy doesn't seem to place as much emphasis in the run game either. I mean, I think he's famous for the fact he never drafted a decent running back in his time with Green Bay. (laughs) So is this more building towards what Kellen Moore as a potential head coach wants in having a player like Charles Cross on this team?
0: Yeah. Uh, I I know exactly where you're going. Because, like, yeah, yeah, uh, one of the things we said in the Fan rant show is that with um, Kellen Moore, you get much the same as what you got in Jason Garrett, but inverted. So you've got – with Jason Garrett, you knew it was going to go run, run, pass, where it seems to be with Kellen Moore. It's the other way, where you know it's going to be pass, pass, run. And that seems to be – so it's much the same, that's what I mean, but inverted. So if they are going to be playing that, that – that style of play and a lot of, of... I wanted to see more screens for some reason and we didn't get to see yeah. as much of it as I was expecting. And Charles mm-hmm. Cross would fit that mould on the left. But again, it all depends what they're going to do with Tyron Smith. If they are going to treat him because if you are, you're going to do something with him. Then you need to go down the road of left tackle. If you do, yeah. Charles Cross would be the guy I would go for personally.
1: Yeah.
0: He He would be my highest pure left tackle if you like because he is a pure left tackle in what he does
1: Okay so RJ I'm going to throw it over to you in terms of offensive line who is your pet cat who is your one player you would I suppose in the words broadest that you would stand on the table for
2: (laughs) I mean like I said I I don't have uh, great wealth quite yet I mean that's what the next you know sort of month uh, to two months or four um, but for for right now, it is Kenyon Green because I think mm-hmm. that that in, that involves the least amount of change if you're yeah. going to keep Tyron. Yeah. It, I mean, you're there. There's no you, you can't say like, okay, you know, we'll draft Kenyon Green and play him at left guard, and then we've got Tyron Kenyon, uh, Tyler, Zach, Myel, boom, seventeen games. Like it will not work <laughs> like that ever, <laughs> ever, ever. Um, yeah. But I mean, you. You are kind of in that place that that you have to live that way. Um, you you kind of have to live for the moment, and so there, there's a a layer of irresponsibility and chaos to any path they choose. I I think this one though lines up with what their goals seem to be the most like, given the state of the coaching staff and everything around them.
0: Yeah, yeah, and. I, I, I... Yeah, and I do agree, little Kenyan, because he covers the left of the line, and the left of the line yeah. is where we're having seem to be having the most trouble at the moment.
1: Yeah, it is. But if 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 we if we throw it over to you, RJ, because we're not sure if we'll see you before the draft, is there anyone else that you would stand on the table for? I mean, if if say it gets to twenty four, you mentioned those Ohio State wide receivers. The two linebackers, Devin Lloyd and um, Nicole Dean. Dean. Is there one of them you would jump on the table for?
2: No, I mean, and, and again, I I feel like I've been so pessimistic today, but I mean, <laughs> that like that's where they're at. Like, they're, like yeah. they are not, you know, and and it's it's dreadful to think about because they're not going to do anything in free agency. They're only mm. their roster is only going to get depleted throughout free agency. Yep. Like, yes, they will have the. The cute little one year deals they sign along the way um and we'll have some some compensatory picks to to dream about you know between now and the draft <laughs> but but that's like none of these players solve anything you know what I mean? like they yeah. they will be worse, and so it's difficult to to reach a point where you're like impassioned about a player because nobody is a is a season changer player for you and granted like. I don't know that everybody felt that way about Micah Parsons. There was a, a different level of optimism surrounding the 2021 team, but that's that's where it's hard. Like, there's nobody that's going to come in and breathe total life into your team, no matter what position. Maybe mm-hmm. N'Kobe Dean in one sense, because you can kind of just hope that the defense is going to carry things if they somehow bring Randy Gregory back and don't cut Demarcus Lawrence. But that that's the only – it's it's all contingent on a scenario playing itself out, not just one player, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: And I think that that comes back to the frustration then of when the Cowboys lost to the 49ers in the playoffs is that a lot of the fans are looking at this and going, this team is not going to be this good next year. It's not going to be this good for the next possibly two years with what's going on. And then you're looking at teams like the Eagles that have three first round picks Mm -hmm. and you're going, they're only going to be a team that's going to get better. So you're seeing us depleting and disappearing and these one year deals that are all now uh starting to take its toll. And then you've got the Eagles that are just like going, Yeah, we made deals last year, our team was depleted, so we made deals and now look at us. And I think that's that's that that's where the fan frustration comes in.
2: Yeah, I mean they like you mentioned it, Brian, they got thirteen sacks from their best defensive player, they got eleven interceptions from their yeah. best defensive back. Like yeah. when when will that ever happen? Again, and and, mm, and yeah. in like either when will either one ever happen again? Let alone in the same season. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so and and they you got to face a really bad quarterback in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, like and it's just it's it's difficult to to square all of that and and feel like you can craft a better, an easier path. Like, could you be the team that is kind of the plucky, you know, surprise that that goes and takes out some bigger foes? Yeah, but the likelihood of that is much smaller.
0: Mm. Yeah. And I think that, I I don't know, I, I think the Cowboys can still go to the playoffs with what they've got ahead, but only because of players like Parsons and Dak. They're going to be the thing that carries those teams over the next couple of years until they start, because I don't think they need to strip it completely all down. It's not a rebuild and start again. It's more of a reload and try and get back up again situation. Because it's the same, you know, we were talking about this last year. It's the same problem as well, again, with the safeties as well. We're we're down to one safety, Donovan Wilson, Texas A&M. And and that's what we're down to. And that, that, yeah. I I hope they they get a guy like, uh, if I was going to get any of the guys back, I'd like Malik Hooker back because of the center field position that he would play. Because I feel that, that's going to be the issue on the defense with all the other parts missing, with no pass rush and all the rest of it. Because uh, you know we've got Mark, we got uh, we we've still got Goldston. but again it goes back to like my argument with like Josh Ball uh, and uh, you know Simi Purkhon and all the rest of them. That you know you you've got um, Israel McQuamu there, but you've got question marks. What what did we didn't really see him last year, so we're waiting for him. Same yeah. with Nishon Right. And Golston exactly the same That He's going to possibly be our starting Defensive end and it looked promising Mm -hmm. But how is he going to develop And that's really how far the Cowboys will go Into the playoffs depends on those guys Development
2: (sighs) I think that's well said (laughs) It's it's going to be a long spring And and a long summer (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it, and that's really how I'm looking at it. it, it it's develop. Yeah. How are these players down the line going to develop? And if those guys that they that the the coaches feel that they're developing well enough, when people are scratching their heads, going, "Well, why didn't they draft a pass rusher?" Or what it must be that they feel that this guy is going to come on enough for them mm-hmm. to feel confident to have to pass on that guy and move to the yeah. move to the next.
1: Yeah. Um one guy and we'll mm-hmm. wrap. we'll wrap things up after this.
0: because yeah. you need your think, guy, yeah.
1: This is this is my guy. I was this is I've your been guy. on this guy since before the season started. <laughs> and it seems to be everyone was on him, got on him in the middle of the season, and everyone now seems to be falling out of love. Tyler Linderbaum,
0: yeah. Iowa Centre. What is happening? It's the size, it's the anchor that's the problem, and it is yeah. what I said to you that it, you know, when we were talking about him, when you first declared your love for him, and I just said, years he is good, right? But yeah. go back over three seasons and over a thousand pass block snaps, two sacks, four pressures. That's it, mm-hmm. so yeah. he's got it there. The issue is his size because he is a small yeah. guy, he's 6'3. Sub 300. I think he's gonna, yeah, he he probably eats some peanut butter sandwiches before the combine. Uh, yeah, you know, he's gonna try and pile on the pound, but could that be a detriment to, uh, you know, his athletic profile once he goes down the line? So I don't know. He is good, he is genuinely good. And like, you know, he's that type of center where if you've got guards pulling or coming stunt wise, he's the guy because he's brilliant in the zone blocking scheme which is what the you know the Hawkeyes do play, mm-hmm. and they play really, really well, actually. And when they do it, he understands. He's got the intelligence and the mobility to know where his guys are. So if he's yeah. um, off hip with a guy or, you know, he's not, you know, hat on hat, if you like, he's, he's, he's off to a guy. He knows who his guy is, and he will be able to make that movement and get to that guy and get hands on him. And he does have as well, bear in mind, a, 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 it is an incredible punch. The only trouble is, because he's an ex-wrestler in in school and college, so he's got that wrestling techniques. But sometimes his fault as well isn't just his anger, that he does this weird, uh, I think it must be a wrestling move, but he does like this two-handed punch move. And when he does it, it gets him off balance, and you just think, well, just stop doing it. But it's because he can't um, seem to... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Like... He doesn't seem to be able to mechanically know, like he's got the the muscle memory to independently move his arms on on plays. And that, I think, one of the things people are looking at going, hmm, I'm not so sure about that.
1: Or Jake, give us your thoughts on Tyler Lindorbaum before we get out of here.
2: I'm not opposed. I mean, you know, like there's I think a consensus handful of guys at the very, very top. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm okay with Tyler if that's where things fall. I mean, again, it does kind of fit the like boring chalk, whatever. Um, <laughs> <you> know, archety- <laughs> but I like that's that's what it has to be. It has to be a player yeah. of that variety, and, and he fits that mold. Brilliant. Mm.
1: So
0: anything well, else? Hold before... on, hold on. We haven't had yours. What what, what what's your take on Linderbaum, Then give us your on
1: Lin- your,
0: your ples- for me. You're your, your he,
1: mind. he's an athletic guy. Yes, has wrestling so. technique
0: mm-hmm.
1: plays in a played in a conference which is run heavy,
0: yeah, and that's
1: nice. what you want. For me, that's where I want to see this all line going is a center who can hold his guy, who knows his assignments, and who is not fecking, who is not putting the quarterback under pressure mm-hmm. by throwing the ball over his head. Because for me, our center this season has been inconsistent, and at times our quarterback hasn't been relying on him. I want a guy beside Zach Martin who is going to open up that A-gap and allow Zeke Elliott to run through the, that, that lane. That's what I want to see. And I think Tyler Biotis can do that. I think he can get that extra bit of weight on. I know the knock on him from a lot of people is, well, he's in a Big Ten program. He's in, yeah. been in a wrestling program and he can't put on weight. Mm-hmm. Again, you can you can add weight, and I think he will add weight by the time he gets to the combine. Um, but I can understand if that's not the pick.
0: Yeah, I, I, and you do see a lot of Linderbaum's success come because of how mm-hmm. Iowa play. Their, their style yeah. of play fits well with what his strengths and weaknesses are. But bear in mind, this is the guy who's the women, Remington Trophy winner, so that says it all yeah. to you, you. know, And in the Big Ten, that's a big deal.
1: Yeah, but let's not forget Tyler Biotis is also a Remington Award winner as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think I, th- I think with that, I think we, we can wrap up tonight's show. Ooh. Um, RJ, if you want to give a shout out to yourse- yourself and the team at Blog and the Boys, where can people catch you?
2: Uh, sure, uh, blogoftheboys.com, obviously, kind of a hub for everything we do. Um, we have a YouTube channel, you have a podcast network. Just search for Blog of the Boys, um, obviously on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, our podcast network, we have two shows that drop every single weekday. Uh, two different shows, different voices, different talents. Uh, so you, you get a wide ranging amount of Cowboys views. I'm obviously on there uh, a few times throughout the week myself. Uh, we have a show on Saturdays. It's, it's a beautiful voice. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit baritone. <laughs> Uh, Saturdays uh, we have a show that's entirely spoken in Spanish um, yeah. and uh, on Sundays now we have the world's team with Paul and Meg uh, I'm on yeah. Twitter and Instagram at RJOchoa, Ochoa so everything I do is kind of um, pointed right there and uh, tomorrow uh, when Man United plays I'll either be really happy or just really depressed <laughs> that, that none of my sports teams are able to accomplish anything so, um, a, a, lot, a lot of my, uh, my joy uh, rests, um, rests you know, within tomorrow's
1: match Absolutely, and look, at the end of the day, you can still slag off Jamie after the weekend, and we we'll, yeah. we'll we'll make sure we'll make sure to get plenty of abuse sent his way <laughs> but Mike you you will be back on Thursday night, I believe, at nine mm.
0: o'clock. yeah, yeah, Mickey Spagnola.
1: yeah, I'm just literally confer checking my mails it's, <laughs> and it's at this point, yes, he should be available, yeah. so nice. you should have Mickey Spagnola along for for Thursday night's show.
0: And there is literally a guy who's forgotten more than I know, but um, uh, (laughs) only because he's been around so long. Hopefully he isn't watching this and he's taking offense to me calling him old. But um, there's also as well on Thursday, we are dropping our draft day show, which isn't a 24 hour show this time. We're not doing that. Wow. I know. Are you sure, Mike? No. Are you sure? not doing 24 hours but we are doing 24 hours but it's over three days (laughs) um so that the ad for that we're dropping on thursday which is uh really nice all all i'm Uh, saying is when i when when me and paul finished it we watched it the first time i was wearing my apple watch and it was like your heartbeat seems to be elevated but you're not exercising (laughs) i was like "Mm, that's right yeah (laughs) yeah Um, But yeah, so um, Yeah, the points will be on and we'll be talking um, More draft, it's more topical That one seems to be a broader Conversation This one's more uh, In-depth, which is why we have to get RJ in
1: Absolutely But look, as always We'd like to thank RJ for his contributions And thanks to everyone for tuning in
0: And we will see you on Thursday